WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A $2 million violence prevention grant being sought by the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southwest Michigan has fallen through, but the effort to fight violent crime in Benton Harbor and Benton Township will continue. Berrien County Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford this year asked the Berrien County Board of Commissioners to apply for the U.S. Department of Justice's Community-Based Violence Intervention and Prevention Initiative grant. The board declined, so Pitchford went to the Boys and Girls Clubs. He says that they learned last week the grant's been denied, but he's proud to continue working on the issue. Every time those funds are available, whether it's the state or the federal, I want to make sure that somewhere in Berrien County that can impact Benton Harbor, Benton Township, and Niles are receiving those funds and starting to address what I think is one of the most critical issues of our time right now, which is how can we reduce community violence, that's gun violence, sexual assault, domestic assault. How can we begin to coalesce our community together? Pitchford says another grant cycle will start next year, and he'll work to secure the funds again, only with more time to plan and collaborate. He says the Boys and Girls Clubs have programs that already work with young people in the area, so bringing in extra resources could lead to even better results. He wants to focus on conflict resolution and addressing issues in the home that could lead to violence. A lot of work could be getting started quickly now that Midwest Energy and Communications has gotten final approval for a state grant to expand broadband Internet in Berrien County. The Michigan High-Speed Internet Office announced last week it's given final approval to MEC's Robin Grant of more than $20 million. Speaking to colleagues today, Berrien County Commissioner Terry Freeling said MEC has a preliminary schedule that predicts actual construction to begin in Bertrand Township the second quarter of next year. They are looking at having this project completed by third quarter of 2025 if all goes well. So you can kind of see if you have any of your municipalities reach out to you and ask when are we going to start construction. This is the best projection that we have from Midwest Energy and Communication at this point in time. Freeling said the total funding for MEC's project when adding in the company's funds and township and county support will be $55 million. That'll mean 433 miles of new fiber in Berrien County. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette told commissioners to be in contact with township officials in their districts as MEC starts asking for right-of-way permits. Freeling said after Bertrand Township, work will next move on to Galene, Baroda, and Eau Claire later next year. The project will wrap up with Hager Township, 12 Corners, and Benton Township and Coloma Township in the third quarter of 2025. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has been reviewing the county's public safety millage and plans to seek its renewal in August of next year. Speaking to colleagues today, Commissioner Jim Curran said a three-commissioner subcommittee has been discussing the millage and will have a recommendation soon. Our recommendation is going to be to keep it the same, not to have an increase in the millage, although we did discuss and our recommendation is to have the millage for six years rather than four. Curran said that the subcommittee is also seeking to keep the 911 millage at its current rate, but for six years instead of four. County Administrator Brian DeSette said a lot of work's gone into the discussions. The committee really did do a good job of beating up the question, spent a lot of time looking at what the options were are available, and then even had a leadership from Michigan State Police come in and talk about how some of these dollars are being invested. DeSette said the resolution authorizing 911 in public safety millages for the August ballot will likely come to commissioners in the spring. The public safety millage generates about $4 million a year for the county, paying for the sheriff's department. The county board has officially thanked artist Tuck Langland for his help restoring the statue of Madeline Bertrand that was stolen from Madeline Bertrand County Park this year. The statue disappeared from the park back in March, but it was returned in May. 
It was damaged when it was taken, having been cut off at the ankles. Tuck Langlin was the original artist who created the statue, which has been at the park since 1987. When it was returned, he offered to restore it, donating his time and labor. The statue was fully restored and brought back to its rightful place in September, thanks to efforts of uh, Tuck and his business partner Janice Langlin. Early today, the County Board of Commissioners approved a resolution thanking them, saying the county, quote, will forever be grateful for their incredible talent and commitment to the citizens of Berrien County. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the Michigan Community Service Commission have announced the 42 winners who will be honored at the 2023 Governor's Service Awards this month in Detroit, and one of the award recipients is Diane Young of Benton Harbor. Young is a success coach at Michigan Works, and she's been named one of five volunteers of the year. She tells us that she works with young people who face difficulties uh, getting to work. My role is to work with the employees to remove barriers such as food insecurity, household, utility assistance. Just a lot of life happens and a lot of the issues that the employees face. So I serve as that person to work with them to remove whatever those barriers are that could cause them to miss work or be late for work or even come to work but not really perform to the best of their ability because they got all of this stuff going on outside of the job. Young says it takes a host of community partners to get assistance to those workers so they can support themselves and their families. She was nominated for the Michigan Community Service Commission Award by a friend at the United Way of Southwest Michigan. Young will head to the Fox Theater in Detroit November 28th to receive the award. Also being honored with an Older Adult Volunteer of the Year Award is E.T. Buck of South Haven. The League of Women Voters of Berrien and Cass Counties will welcome Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek for a presentation on population loss this month. League President Faith Schoon tells us as the state loses people, that can affect all sorts of things. and something the League's been talking about. It speaks to the condition of our communities, both economically. It speaks to educational decisions that would need to be made. It's from an educational point of view, not necessarily an advocacy or a voter services point of view, although there could be times when because of population loss or shift that certain voting practices might need to change. Schoon says she expects Havlicek will focus on the effects felt by businesses when the population drops. He'll speak on Tuesday, November 14th, starting at 6 p.m. at the Bridgman Public Library. The event will be open to the public and there will be a Zoom option. Schoon says a full engagement of the league, a future engagement of the league will focus on food insecurity. And set for November 25th is the first ever Reindeer Run 5K in Kids Rudolph Romp in downtown South Haven. Mitten Children's Museum director Wendy Anucky tells us they're holding the event to raise funds for the museum and to have some fun. Just getting people out, having fun, doing something healthy. It's for the whole family. Even parents or grandparents with strollers can run the course. And then, of course, there's the kids' fun run. So it should be just a really fun and adorable morning. The 5K will start at the historic Hotel Nichols on Center Street and then take everyone around the downtown to the lake and back. Anucky says the kids' Rudolph romp will be a less formal fun run for the little kids and their parents. It's a short run, just a couple of blocks, but it should be really, really cute. We have reindeer antlers that we're going to give out when runners pick up their packets. The Rudolph romp will take place prior to the 5K, and Anucky says she hopes people use the day as a chance to check out some of the small businesses downtown. 5K registration is $25 for adults and 15 for kids. The Rudolph romp comes with a $5 suggested donation. With the Midden Children's Museum just having started a year ago, Anucky says she hopes the event is a hit and can become a yearly celebration and fundraiser. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report.
WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden today pushed for a pause in the Israel-Hamas war to get the prisoners out. ABC's Karen Travers has more from the White House. The White House says President Biden was able to work out a temporary pause in military activities by Israel in order to secure the release of two Americans held hostage by Hamas. National Security Spokesman John Kirby says that's what the president and the U.S. want to see continue as many times as necessary. What we're talking about are temporary, localized pauses in the fighting to meet a certain goal or goals, as I said, get A in, get people out. The White House continues to say a more permanent ceasefire would only benefit Hamas, and Israel has a right and duty to defend itself. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Israeli troops are fighting with Hamas militants on the edges of Gaza City as the Palestinian death toll rises above 9,000. U.S. and Arab leaders are raising pressure on Israel to end its siege and at least briefly halt the attacks in order to aid civilians. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was headed to the region for talks today in Israel and Jordan. President Joe Biden suggested a humanitarian pause in the Gaza fighting to let in aid for Palestinians and let out foreign nationals. Hundreds of Palestinians with foreign passports and dozens of wounded left Gaza Wednesday for the first time. Dozens more were leaving today. Meanwhile, the Israeli military says it's broken through the Hamas front lines in northern Gaza and is now encircling Gaza City more from ABC's Enos de la Quatera in Jerusalem. In their view, they're making good progress and they're going to continue to push deeper and deeper into Gaza. It's still unclear just how far they will go and what they will do once they get there. You know, should they take over uh, all of the Gaza Strip, what then? You know, who takes control and how long does Israel remain and what leader then takes over? Scheduled later today is a House vote on aid for Israel in its war with Hamas, with no aid for Ukraine and coupled with a poison pill in the form of IRS funding cuts. Newly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson is defending the legislation at a news conference. More maybe he's Jay O'Brien. Johnson seemed to say he would not consider Israel aid if it was attached to Ukraine aid, which is what the Senate seems poised to do. So even if the House passes that Israel package today, it would go on to the Senate where it likely wouldn't even get a vote. And even if it were to get out of the Senate by some magic of the Congress, which is again very unlikely to happen, almost certain not to happen, the president has said he would veto it. Supreme Court justices in Minnesota appear skeptical that states have the authority to block former President Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. Some of the justices suggested today Congress is best positioned to decide whether Trump's role in the U.S. Capitol insurrection should prevent him from running. Justices sharply questioned an attorney representing Minnesota voters who sued to keep the Republican office state ballot under the U.S. Constitution's rarely used insurrection clause. The oral arguments are unfolding during an unprecedented week. According, Colorado is also debating Trump's eligibility under the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. A Trump attorney says the eligibility question should not even be before the court. For months, Alabama Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville has been blocking routine action on military promotions, forcing the Senate to spend time before voting on individual officers rather than swiftly approving them as a group. Now his GOP colleagues are getting increasingly upset and airing their criticisms in public. Morph maybe sees Stephen Pornoy. Even as pressure from his fellow Republicans grows, Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville says he'll maintain his holds on promotions. It's the only way I can get their attention. All year, Tuberville's been protesting a Pentagon policy of paying for service members to travel out of state for abortions. Increasingly, there's talk of changing the Senate rules to clear a backlog of nearly 400 officers now awaiting promotions. Lindsey Graham says it's time for his colleague to back down. The effect on the force is real. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. And two of the former President Trump's sons testified today at a civil fraud trial against the Trump organization. 
Donald Trump and his children are charged with inflating the values of their assets to get better loans and deals. The judge is already finding fraud and will soon rule on penalties. Don Jr. wrapped up testimony in the morning. Eric took the stand afterwards. ABC's Aaron Katursky is at the courthouse in Lower Manhattan and says he seems less at ease than his older brother and questioned about documents at the heart of the case. Eric Trump got tripped up a bit by the attorney general's office, asking him uh, about whether he even knew the statement of financial condition existed. Eric Trump refused to acknowledge it until documents were pointed out to him that, that showed how he clearly did know that these kinds of statements existed. But like Don Jr., he also testified he did not really work on them. He simply signed what he had to sign and relied on others for their expertise. 